Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are tuning in, uh, whatever time it is in your location of the world. Welcome to episode 31 of A Voice from the Ever Change. This is a complete month of daily uh, meditations, poems, commentaries, and Dharma talks uh, that I've been uh, lucky enough to give in this format. Speaking of that, uh, I, I do want to thank the New Life Foundation for allowing me to, uh, to use their platform uh, to do these Facebook Lives. I am cross-posting it uh, to uh, my Such Sweet Thunder page, which I didn't even know was possible until uh, my friend who works for New Life Foundation said, oh, you can do this and we can do it together at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Technology is pretty amazing. Uh, so thank you very much for the, uh, to the New Life Foundation for uh, allowing me this venue. Uh, by the way, if you're looking for a place to visit after all the smoke clears from the virus, you want to come to a place just to cool out, maybe uh, do some meditating, do some yoga, uh, get some great vegetarian food. Uh, the mangoes up here are absolutely delicious. I'm a big fan. Uh, and the scenery is amazing. There's a beautiful lake. There's a great meditation room uh, called the Forest Hall. And it's a beautiful community up here. So if anybody is looking for anything like that, uh, please do make your way up to the New Life Foundation in Chiang Rai. And I love it here. And I'll be here uh, probably for the next two years or so, uh, giving meditation sessions, holding retreats, uh, doing one-on-ones, uh, so come and visit, say hi, and uh, we'll get our Zen on together. Okay, so if you're just now joining me for the first time, uh, what I'll be doing here is I'll be uh, guiding a meditation into silence. And so we go through the breath, allowing the breath to guide us or to uh, really ground our awareness into the present moment. And then we go through some sensations of the body. Remember, uh, body sensations are always present moment sensations. The body is always right now. Now you can remember headache that you had last week, and oh, that headache was terrible. But you can't take aspirin for that headache now, uh, for the headache you had last week to alleviate that pain, right? So obviously, uh, Body sensations are always present moment. I guess by the same token, you can anticipate uh, the surgery that you're going to have a week or two weeks from now uh, will be quite painful, uh, but you can't take anesthesia for that surgery right now. So body is always present moment. Breath is always present moment. So uh, we'll use the breath and the body to ground our awareness in the here and now. And then we'll open our awareness to the sounds of the present moment, just experiencing any sounds that might be arising, kind of listening to the soundtrack of the present moment, if you will. We'll rest there in the present moment, cultivating uh, this stillness, hopefully. And then in that silent space, in that stillness, I'll offer a poem that I composed. This is from my book, A Voice from the Ever Change. Uh, and then I'll read a commentary 
following that, also from the same book. Now, by the way, if anybody would like to follow along and read along uh, with what I'm reading, uh, send me your email address. I'm happy to send PDF copies of A Voice from the Everchange out to anybody who would want one, uh, which and many people are finding that beneficial to read along. But ideally, allowing the poem and the commentary to serve as an extension of the guided meditation. So allowing the words, the poem, the commentary to guide your awareness wherever your awareness may want to go. Then I'll ring the bell three times to kind of bring us back into the present moment or bring us back to our local experience. We will be in the present moment while we're meditating. And then I will just uh, talk and that's the Dharma talk section of the episode. Uh, I try to take what I've written in the poem and the commentary and apply it to the current world crisis of the coronavirus, uh, using what I'm offering here as a way of making our life a little bit easier, uh, a little bit more palatable perhaps, and just attempting to use the wisdom in these pages uh, to uh, make our life better. Uh, and that's really what these teachings are all for. Now, this book was written long before I even heard of a coronavirus. Um, so, uh, but wisdom, timeless wisdom, uh, can be applied time and time again through the situations of life. So I think that's all I need to say about that. I will ring the bell, I will guide us into silence, and we'll take it from there. Enjoy. So allowing the body, mind, and heart to rest. Just coming into this present moment experience. Noticing the breath as it enters and leaves the nose. Noticing the breath as it touches the back of the throat. Perhaps noticing the temperature changing from cooler to warmer on the inhalation to exhalation at the nose and the back of the throat. allowing awareness to expand to include the rib cage, expanding and contracting with each breath. Noticing the abdomen rising as you inhale and falling as you exhale. And perhaps also noticing the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. You might also notice the shoulders rising and falling with each breath. And as you breathe in and breathe out, you might also notice the body straightening up slightly on the in-breath and leaning forward slightly on the out-breath. 
And so we'll rest right there just for a few moments, maintaining even awareness on the sensations of the breath. From the nose, the back of the throat, the chest and shoulders and back and abdomen. And any other sensations that you might notice arising as a result of the breathing process. And just rest. And if at any time during the meditation you become distracted by thoughts, labeling those thoughts with the word thinking will allow the thoughts to dissolve, and you can gently return back to the present moment. And breathing in and breathing out while maintaining awareness on the sensations of the breath, allowing awareness to expand to include sensations of clothing against the shoulders. You might notice the arms resting against the body, the hands resting against the body or touching each other. You might also notice the sensations of clothing against the back, the weight of the body against the chair or cushion, mat or floor. There might be sensations of clothing against the legs and the feet against the mat or the floor. And while resting there with the breath and the body, there might also be sensations arising from the back of the neck and the sides of the neck. Sensations arising from the back of the head and the ears. allowing awareness to expand again into the cheeks of the face. Noticing sensations arising from the lips, the nose, the eyes, sensations arising throughout the forehead. Noticing any sensations arising from the crown of the head, the very top of the head. And so we'll rest right there for a few moments, maintaining spacious awareness on the sensations of the breath from the nose to the abdomen, the abdomen to the nose, and sensations arising throughout the body from the top of the head to the bottoms of the feet. And just rest.
And if at any time during the meditation you become distracted by your thoughts, simply labeling those thoughts with the word thinking will help the thoughts to go. And you can gently return back to the present moment experience. And now while resting with the breath and the body, allowing awareness to expand again, to include any sounds which might be available during this present moment experience. Depending on where you are or the type of living you're inhabiting, you might hear perhaps the sound of traffic or a car passing by. There might be a conversation coming from a neighbor or a television or music playing. There might be a rooster crowing or a bird song. Not focusing on any one sound in particular, but noticing the entire field of sounds hearing all of the sounds all at the same time. And in addition to any sounds, paying close attention to the quality of still silence within the sense of hearing. When we listen to this silent space, we might find that this silence seems to surround the present moment. And so we'll rest right there, maintaining open, spacious awareness on the silence and sound, body and breath, and just rest. The poem. Plop. Heaven for the farmer. Sadness for the golfer. Serenity for the meditator. Challenging for the sailor. Fodder for the poet. Which perspective will you choose? This game is always dealer's choice. Resting and looking, looking and resting. When we are free from preference and prejudice, the rain is simply the rain. Each drop finds its perfect place. Plop.
the commentary. I am just on my way out the door to pick up the dry cleaning as I catch a glimpse of the morning sky from the living room window. A steady stream of water droplets falling from the sky, coupled by the gray to dark gray to black clouds looming over the landscape as far as the eyes can see. Dreadful, I whisper to myself. In that moment I pause. Is this really, truly dreadful? I then notice how deep my conditioning is to swiftly judge each moment favorable or unfavorable as experience cascades through my awareness. When we really stop and look at that habit, it seems quite silly and futile. I mean, what is so dreadful about rain, really? It is small droplets of water falling from the sky. I pick up the appropriate foul weather gear and simply get on with the business of the day. Yes, I might get a bit damp around the feet and ankle area, but if that is the worst of my worries, well, I would have to say I'm doing very well in life. In fact, the rain just might take the edge off the summer heat a bit, giving us life to the drying up bed of roses in the park down the road and perhaps a bit of respite from the August mosquitoes. Regardless of our opinions of this moment, this moment will be as it will be. The rain is falling, and there is absolutely nothing we can do about that. With this insight into the open acceptance comes a choice. We can curse the news channel for broadcasting lousy weather forecasts. We can mutter around the apartment trying to decide if we want to follow through with our plans or to make the necessary phone calls. Or we can grab the umbrella and our jacket, smile, and get on with life. At any moment of any given situation, we have the choice to see the present moment differently. Rain can mean many things to many different people, depending on the circumstances. Perhaps you are a farmer experiencing a drought, or a golfer warming up for the big game. You might be a meditator in the middle of a retreat, welcoming the sound of rain as a lush backdrop for the stillness of a deep insight practice. A poet wrestling with a severe case of writer's block might experience the falling rain differently than a sailor setting out on an arduous voyage. There are literally millions of perspectives from which we may choose. Once we come to embrace the vast potential of options, our life may take on a much more exciting hue, ripe with a fresh creativity and movement. Unfortunately, the choice we tend to make, the perspective we tend to favor, is the one we have always selected in the past. 
This means our perspective is habitual. This is an important insight because once we recognize that, once we see how we always label the rain as being dreadful, we can now make a choice. Just as one can quit smoking or drinking, just as one can develop the habit of meditation or healthy eating, so we develop the habit of choosing a more positive perspective, a perspective based in love rather than fear. Our opinions, our judgments, our preferences of what arises in our experience is not etched into the experience itself, although we often feel and act as if it is. When the rain is falling, the word dreadful is not written somewhere in the clouds above. That negative label is born from out from our thinking process. We cast the label of dreadful upon the very neutral rainfall. Then we react to and struggle against our own label, which is essentially a fight against our own mind. Once we recognize that the rain no longer has to carry the dreadful label, we may begin to reclaim our experiences from the habitually labeling reactive mind. Now, I use the example of rain here to make this process of suffering over obvious. This is, in fact, the way the majority of people experience most of their life, by labeling the unavoidable unpleasantries, discomforts, and pains of life we take those experiences out of the endless flowing river of change and give them a solid fixed identity, which we can then struggle against. The irony here is that we are struggling and in constant struggle with ourself. Shadow boxing our own mind and heart and all the while believing we are battling some external experience, movement, political ideology, enemy, or force. But at the end of the day, it's our own mind and heart we're battling. Prior to this type of insight, our experience of the world is consistently determined by the circumstances we find ourselves in. If I was caught in a dreadful downpour, I would be miserable. And if I was on the beach in Maui, I would be quite happy. We have given the circumstances of our life complete power over our state of mind. How silly indeed to allow our happiness to be dependent upon a game of chance. We could be even more happy getting caught in the rain than on that beach in Maui if we know how to experience the downpour. And that is just it. We must experience it rather than struggle against it. When we can step into the present moment, the rain is just the rain. When we can allow our heart to open to exactly what is, then the stars are just the stars. The smile is just a smile. 
What would it be like to live life in this way? What would it be like to live a life free from preference and prejudice and to see things exactly as they are as they arise? Well, there is really only one way to find out. So I hope uh, you enjoyed the guided meditation, the poem and the commentary. Uh, maybe you found it entertaining, perhaps beneficial, maybe a little of both. And so here now, after the meditation, I'll just try to tie it all together with the world experience right now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So here we're really talking about the power of equanimity, the ability to see things free from our own preferences and prejudices. And what would that be like? Is that even possible? Well, let's use a current world situation uh, for this example. So, so I, I don't know, there was one world leader, some politician, who, who suggested that maybe we could uh, imbibe disinfectant as a way of fighting the coronavirus or, or curing ourselves if we have the coronavirus. So when we're seeing the world with preferences and prejudices, we'll see that experience if we're watching it on the news or we're reading it, however we take in the news we'll see that news through the lenses of our preferences and prejudices. Now, if we, uh, if we are, have aligned our belief system with this particular politician, uh, we might act, uh, feel good. Oh, wow, that's, that's a great idea. That, that affirms maybe what I was thinking. And so I'm aligned with that. Now we're seeing it through our preferences. But if we can drop our preferences and prejudices and just really hear the words, and maybe then, okay, before we drink that disinfectant, before we inject it or whatever, however we're gonna get it into our body to fight the coronavirus, we can read the label. It says, oh, ingestation, in cause of ingestation, contact your poison control center or, uh, you know, uh, induce, vomiting if swallowed 
Well, that should tell you something, right? So, so we can say, oh, well, maybe he was wrong. Again, we don't want to, if we're holding on to our preferences and prejudices, then if we read that and maybe our preference and prejudice is against that particular politician, we might then say, wow, you know, that's really silly or start saying, you know, thinking how, how dumb that is and cursing the politician and things like that. That takes us out of the present moment. And we know that feeling because it affirms what we already thought to be true. So it's kind of, it's almost a victory in a way for our heart, for our mind. Oh yeah, right, he's, he's wrong again. That politician's wrong again. So that affirms, so now we can see how, we're, how our preferences and prejudices take us away from the actual experience of what's arising. If we can drop our preferences and prejudices and just hear what's being said, and say, well, let's just check that, fact check that. You know, we don't have to, we can just, you know, see what the doctors are saying, the, the World Health Organization, the CDC. What do they say about that? Let's, let's move with the present moment. And if we find out that that particular politician is wrong, that's fine. We don't have to celebrate that. It doesn't, uh, if we're seeing it through, without preference and prejudice, we just let it go. It just goes away. There's no affirmation. It doesn't reaffirm our ego. It just rolls off the back like that. Now, is it possible to live this way? I, I find that it's, it's actually quite possible. Now, a question that I often get uh, when I teach equanimity practices, how do we uh, address the illnesses of our society, of our, of our culture, and use equanimity at the same time? How do we accept what's arising and move forward for social change? And when we really start to practice equanimity, this becomes quite clear that the only way to really move forward with effective social change is to accept what's arising in the present moment. I mean, really, what's, how much difference, so this particular politician, going back to that example, he says these things on the news, and maybe we say, oh, that's not right, now I'm not in acceptance of the present moment. No, I can't accept that that's what's arising. He still said it, it, it makes no difference to the situation. Right. Whether whether we can see it through preference and prejudice or free from preference and prejudice, it still happened. Now, when we can experience the present moment free from our preferences and prejudices, we actually can welcome it in. Now, that doesn't mean we condone ill behavior. It doesn't mean we condone wrongdoings. But now we can work with it. We say, oh, this is what happened. This person said this. This person did this thing. Now we're in, in a position to move forward from a sense of power, from a place of resting. We move forward, you know, I can't believe they did this, or I can't believe she said that. That's, we're adding anger. We're adding negative energy to the situation. When we can take that negativity out, when we can drop our ego and move forward free from the ego, move forward free from that negativity, 
we have a lot more power, a lot more resources to address what's happening. When we move forward to address the social illnesses, when we move forward to try to benefit the culture, the society, to address the imbalances, if we do that with anger, if we do that with ego, if we do that with self-righteousness, we might be victorious for one battle, two battles, three battles, four battles. We might push that pendulum all the way to the other side, but it's gonna cause an equal and opposite reaction with an equal amount of anger and an equal amount of self-righteousness, and it's gonna swing to the other side. And this is what we see happening uh, the past 50, 60 years in America, that pendulum swinging back and forth because there's, there's so much anger, there's so much division, there's so much self-righteousness that that pendulum keeps moving back and forth. We need to come together as a people to see through the divisions and to see each other as brothers and sisters working together to create a better environment, working together to recover from the coronavirus, working together to heal. Otherwise, it's just gonna keep swinging back and forth and with each pendulum swing, more people suffer, more people die unnecessarily. So how do we cultivate this ability of equanimity? Well, I have several guided meditations on my website with the equanimity title. They're on my Brahma Viharas guided meditation page on my website, suchsweetthunder.org. Uh, now, they're all for free. I'm not trying to sell anything or, or anything like that. I, I really, really... I'm coming from the place of wanting to help. Uh, so cultivating equanimity through a particular meditation practice is a great way uh, of doing that, and that's how I've done it. I've been practicing those practices uh, for many years now, and I do find that they are really helpful. Um, also a great exercise, if you don't have a meditation practice, just turn on the news and sit in front of the TV or the radio or, or read your CNN and see if you can experience what's arising free from preference and prejudice. Just to, well, uh, to just see things as they are. And you'll know how you're not seeing things how they are because when you read something in the news and you're like, your body gets tense, there'll be a tension in the abdomen or in the chest or the shoulders or the jaw or, You'll start shaking your head, how could this be happening? Then you're, you're not seeing things free from your preference and prejudices. You're seeing the news with the lenses of your preference and prejudices. So at that moment, say, what am I experiencing in the body right now? Come back to the present moment. Sensations of the clothing on the skin, the weight of the body in the chair, the breath entering and leaving. Maybe hearing the sounds. Okay. Can I do anything about this? Can I call a senator? Can I 
go to work in a soup kitchen? Can I donate blood? Can I plant a tree? Whatever it is that, that is upsetting, use that energy to do something positive. Then we're changing the negativity of the resistance. We're changing the negativity of our ego into loving kindness. So again, just turning on the news. Can I be with this news report free from my preferences and prejudices? Can I see what's arising just as it is without my opinions, without my beliefs, without my judgments, is without, without my judgments, without my just to read the news, just to see what's happening. Upset arises, what am I resisting right now? Where's that preference? Where's that prejudice? Just let that go, come back to the present moment. Beautiful way of practicing equanimity uh, if you don't have a meditation practice. So I think that's all I want to say today in episode 31 of A Voice from the Ever Change. I hope you found it uh, at least entertaining, if not useful and beneficial. And I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is Sunday and tomorrow is the Q&A session. So I have a stack of questions to get through. But if you do have more questions or if you have a question you want to ask, there's no such thing as a bad question or a silly question or a dumb question. I love them all. And I will get to all of them, so do send them along to my messenger here. And again, if you'd like a PDF copy of my book, A Voice from the Ever Change, I'm sending those out to anyone who wants one for free. Uh, just send me your email address and I'll send that along to you. So you can read along, uh, go through the previous episodes if you like, and read along in the book. Okay, thanks again for joining me. Much love, much light. Be well, be safe. Do practice your social distancing, wash your hands, and uh, we'll get through this together.